Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey guys, Casey Boat here, and we've got a big show today on Door Bumper Clear. Special guest Bob Pockrass is in the studio, and we'll ask him all about his new job and thoughts on the season so far. He and the guys will also discuss everything from Martinsville, tires lasting 3,000 laps, the upcoming release of the 2020 Cup schedule, and plenty more. Let's jump in. Hi, PJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Hello. Hello. Clear. Bring home. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors and uh, we have a full house today, no Freddie, but we uh, we obviously have Bob Pockrass. <laughs> Did you hear what Casey called him? <laughs> I said it by accident, I got a text message at the same time, you guys are being so I rude. I can't believe you called Bob an ass. <laughs> I shouldn't text and do reads at the same time. Here's the best thing about that, is that, you know, because people are like, gosh, what a name Pockrass. And... <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, my mom's maiden name was Wiener. So she actually oh, yeah. moved up in the world by marrying a dude named Pockrass. <laughs> so, you know. I didn't think I accentuated it so like, oh, that yeah. bad. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you, you guys won't let me redo the read. Like, no. this is not okay. This is live. Hey, the best thing you. about having this name is that, like, when you're on teleconferences and you spell your name, you always, I always stop after the R. And, and then and then say the last three letters just to see if the operator laughs. And occasionally oh you'll get a good laugh. That's funny. Well, okay. we're, we're sorry that Casey called you a name yeah. right off the bat. You could do, like, I'll bet he can make some awesome passwords with his name. Yeah. Like, you use the at symbol for the A and then yeah. two dollar signs yeah. at the end. You well, use all I'm the so sorry. Numbers. I promise I've called you the right name many times. But okay. this read is very long. And I got distracted. Really sorry. Oh. Maybe if somebody would let me redo it, we would be fine. So, Bob Pockrass, welcome to Door Bumper Clear. <laughs> Thanks. So, we've been begging Bob to come on this podcast for a couple years. Bob was uh, obviously ESPN guy. Now he's a Fox guy. Fox is obviously a lot more cool than ESPN <laughs> to let you finally come on our podcast, man. Well, everybody has right. rules, and you know ESPN certain rules about podcasts, so... Yeah, you it's know, all good. It's all fun, please. Just fun to be here. So, so man, I, we got to get we got to get there. Make sure our audience knows everything they can know about you, right? So, first and foremost, how many years you've been working in sport? Oh, full time since two thousand three. Yeah. But I started the Daytona Beach News Journal in ninety one, and I, my first Daytona five hundred was ninety two. Even covered a, a 
then the Bush Series race back at Volusia County Speedway when right. it was asphalt uh, back in 92. So long time. And before that, I was... I grew up in Indianapolis, and I was covered Indy 500s in the in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. So uh, obviously, the thing that that a lot of people in our industry respect the most about you is your work ethic. So where the hell did you get that from? Was it from Wiener or from Pockrass? <laughs> it may have been. My parents grew up in New York City in the mid 1930s, right? And so you talk about Dang. families who you know grew up in the Depression, and like you never knew when the next you know what when the bomb was going to fall out. So I think that's part of it, and I don't know. I just, uh, I just, I love giving people information. And so, you know, whether I was covering high school sports and college sports back in, uh, back in Daytona, in addition to doing some racing, I just, you know, I just enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to people and enjoy helping people understand what's going on. So are you always the first media person to the track? Not always. Usually I'd say like top five. And what time did you get there yesterday morning? I got there about 7.40. 7.40. What garage about, opened what at about, 8. What about Saturday morning? Saturday, garage opened at 6.30. I got in about 6.45 because sometimes crew guys, when they're on, especially on Saturdays, drive crazy, you know, trying to get to the track. <laughs> so, yeah. so you either got to – so if, if it's going to be that early, I'll be like, okay, I'll arrive like 10 minutes after all the, yeah. all the crazy can, van drivers. I can confirm he's usually one of the first people yeah. in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Or in the media center. That's what I mean. I, I wake up, you know, at like nine. <laughs> and the first, first thing I do is go look at, you know, Bob's timeline. And I'm like, man, this guy was there awful early. <laughs> yeah. So wait a minute. You saw a bush race at Volusia? Yeah. Wow. How was that? That had to be entertaining. It was crazy. I, I, Jeff Gordon led a ton of laps. And then he, he wrecked, um, I want to say, Steve Grissom won that race. Oh, nice. If I remember right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, was it fun? It was fun, except like it was, it, it was uh, the track was actually breaking up because they used they would run that on in the July four weekend and co- as a companion to yeah. what was going on in Daytona, and the asphalt was coming apart because it was so hot. Yeah, and it was only like they, I think they only did two or three bush races there. Hmm. That's you should bring that That's back. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So how's the transition going, man? From ESPN to Fox, what are you doing that you weren't doing? What are you learning? <laughs> I'm doing a lot of TV. Yeah, well, I, I got to learn, learn how to hold a mic. Apparently, <laughs> because. <laughs> I had uh, apparently the death grip on it yesterday, right? Well, and and I'm uh, choking it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it. Uh, I, I will say this: the the keyboard uh, critics of my performance are much uh, more accurate than the keyboard critics of drivers or crew chiefs. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I read it. I'm like, yeah, You're right. I know. You know. But, hey, we have an arrogant saying in our business, if you don't want it printed, don't let it happen. Yeah. So if you're going to yeah. go out there and be on TV, you're going to have to, to own it. You got yeah. to own it. You got to take it as it comes and, you know, just just roll with it. So yeah. you liking it? I, I'm enjoying it. Look, I like giving information to people. A lot yeah. of people watch pre-race shows. I remember so. seeing you in Daytona and we were talking a little bit about it. And you were kind of – you looked a little nervous about the TV part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, you like doing that part and – it, it is. I mean, look, I, I'm 50 years old. You don't really start TV careers at age 50, no. right? It'd be like, it'd be like saying, "Hey, I think I'll go Xfinity racing at age yeah. 50," even though you know, maybe I've done a, a few races all my life. But, uh, I think uh, it's cool, man. You know, so I mean, we'll see where it goes, but it's it's fun, and you know, I, I can't thank Fox enough for. Yeah. You know, they didn't have this job. You know, once uh, once they pivoted to video on their website, they they don't have like writers or anything mm-hmm. or report. You know, like 24 seven reporters and. You know, when they found out I was available, they they felt like I could add something to their to the not just their telecast, but just you know feeding information to people yeah, all the, the time. The NASCAR throughout the community weekend. needs you. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us, a lot of us go to you 
for information a lot. Like and the weather report. Weather report. <laughs> yeah. If they have I lights mean, at the track. To find out if a track's going to have lights. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like what certain, sometimes situations come up. And most of us, I mean, we're, we're pretty familiar with the rules and stuff. But sometimes situations come up and. I'd be like, I don't know. I'm going to go look what Bob says. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a lot of pressure. But, you know, the hard part is, like, this year where you have a series director change, sometimes interpretation can change, and you don't yeah. know about it till you sure. till you ask. So yeah. I think sometimes people ask questions and you don't answer or you don't specifically comment on things until you check and say, hey, is it is it still this way? <laughs> you know, yeah. Because you never know. So you've seen, you know, obviously the business of media and journalism change a ton you know, over the course of your career, we have a lot of listeners, obviously, out there. A lot of people are always asking TJ and I, how do I get into spotting? Like, if, if you had a person right now that was in high school, in college, that wanted to be in journalism, where would you tell them to focus to get ready for the rest of their career? Because, like, Jason, obviously, with us, you know, he's doing some some media-based things. Like, how, what do you advise those kids to train for? I, I, I advise that, and, and it's so hard because things are changing so much, but I still, I look at, you know, a lot of people in this business didn't cover racing full time when they first started. They they were at newspapers or websites that did other things besides racing, but they ha- were able to do enough racing to them get themselves noticed. So, yeah, so that's right. that's what I, I suggest. You know, don't be afraid to do some do, do other things, even if racing is your ultimate goal. Uh, right. You know, but you know, you look at somebody like Caitlin Vincy at at, at, at Fox. She. I mean, if you go, you still might be able to find some of her reports from Langley at YouTube, and she was just you know going to Langley Speedway and yeah. and and, yep. and doing reports from there, you know, and and then you know actually seen Daily noticed it and had her do do some stuff for for us when we were still around there, and and you know, and then I think she went and was doing the speed stage for a while and just yep. kind of kept on working and hustling and yeah. and you know, I mean, put in a lot a lot of work to to, to get where she is, and I just again, you know. Everybody want sometimes. Everybody says, "Well, you want to be at at the big track," but you know, a lot of times, you know, kind of go, going to your local track is putting yeah. in the work. Yeah, it's putting in the work. And if you're working for a website or a newspaper and you cover the local track and do some features, that might make them more interested in covering the NASCAR stuff you, at the um, big track. One person that I, I think does a really good job right now. I don't think many people know about him. I get an email every morning. At 6 a.m. called the Motorsports Beat. Do you know what? Yeah, it is? from Aaron. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the I, I he is doing a lot of work with that. I, he covers all the. You get that? No. He he'll tell you about every other racing series around the world. It'll be in one article, the top story. Then it'll be like IndyCar, Formula One, this series, motocross. So you awesome. can find and you get it every morning, at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it's all the highlight stories of each what happened each day. And uh, I think it's pretty neat. It, it is. I mean, it's all about finding your niche, right? Yeah. And he, finding something that that is not being done, and mm-hmm. and trying to, uh, and trying to do it. Yeah, and, he does a really good job with it. Yeah, I think. you know, and he's Patreon supported. Yep. I think right now, so yeah. you know, he's kind of dependent on. Were you considering paying. at any point doing the Patreon route? That's a question asked Bob. Oh. Sorry. We need to get a piggy bank gear. Like, well, Bob that? has one for us. I, I, yeah. I have yeah. one. I think I, I think I have a Ricky Stenhouse helmet that's like, a, you know, one of his sponsors. you got to donate that to us. So I, from I, now I will on, donate to you because yes. <laughs> I know how much you love Ricky Stenhouse. Yes. And, and uh, say the 17 car on yeah, your, I feel on your bad radio. for Ricky, though, because I, sometimes I go on Twitter and I see all these Watch names that, that people call him. Yeah. And they're like, uh, Ricky Stenhouse. Yeah. And I'm like, man. That's pretty good. Talk about tough 
Fornagash. Fornagash. I got one more question before we, before right. we dive into this Is that your thing. burner account you um, read? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so, like, for me, man, like, I get here in 1999. You were actually working at Daytona Beach Journal. I remember that like it was yesterday. Dustin Long was up in Virginia, the yeah. newspaper. Like, Mike Mulhern, obviously, in Greensboro. So, we've seen all those, like, newspaper guys, the beat reporter guys that were AP USA Today. I mean, from, from small-town papers to big-time national papers, they've kind of gone by the wayside from a presence at the track. And it's more of dot-com guys and obviously our two networks, NBC and Fox, that, that cover us. Why do you think that is, man? What do you, what do you think brought that trend about? Well, I, th- I think uh, when you're trying to cut costs, travel's the first area to cut because it's something that you can cut right now, right? It's not a fixed cost. So, you know, it costs a lot of money to, to travel, at, you know, probably average of 30, 40 grand a year if you do it somewhat right. Right, and right. That just, uh, it was, it's an easy place to cut. And, you know, typically you knew AP was covering it and you would just use that. And I think that's, um, I think that's, that's just where a it, business decision. It, I think it's right a business yeah. decision. Uh, now, I would say maybe in the last five years, it, it's probably click based decision, right? Is, are, are you getting enough hits to, uh, to do, to cover, you know, what the time? Yeah. And, you know, that's, For sure. now I wouldn't say that was necessarily the case. At ESPN, I think I don't really know, but I would say that might be more just don't have the rights, so yeah. I'm not gonna have a right. I mean, when but, I did when I did PR, yeah. we would come to to you and mm-hmm. pitch a story, and you would either say yes or no. And if you said no, I went to David Poole, pitch right. the same story, right? So now, I mean, it's almost like you watch what the storylines are every single week, and there's not as much pitching and there's not as much writing about things. It's more of we're just covering what's going on. Well, and the question is, does your sponsor want a, a story in? Uh, on a certain website or would they rather have a social media post or something or a video that goes that, that has potential to go viral you know that's i think that's the other thing that with the media landscape changing you know how do you you know what what what's what's the worth for sponsors you know in in what and what's it it's what's and what's aired or what's written right right well man we appreciate your perspective on the yeah. journalism stuff love it hardest working guy in nascar tj wouldn't you say that Works harder than we do. Uh, he definitely <laughs> works harder than we do. Uh, hardest working, maybe most knowledgeable. Yeah. I mean, if there was a – what's that game show where you go and answer all these like, – Jeopardy? I'll take, uh, you know, 1990s NASCAR, you know. Yeah. This. I don't know. I know where to find stuff. <laughs> like, I don't have – yeah, like, so I, don't, I, don't huh? stat, I don't have <laughs> stats in my head. But well, you might not know stats, but you remember – you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> so, I'll be like, this guy starting in the back? Yeah, he starts in the back. Okay. I heard Bob's favorite part of the weekend is when he gets to the media center and practice starts and the TVs aren't turned on <laughs> and the volume's not turned up. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that – and the hard part is it's because <laughs> – so fans watch TV, so they'll ask us questions of what they see on TV. So it's important to somebody – I mean, before I was ever with Fox, it was still important to us in the media center, at least me and some others who get a lot of questions, that it's the TV audio. And sometimes you get the track oh, feed or, the, about or the radio. Yeah. But, you know, but it's important to us to have the TV audio, and sometimes they're just a little slow on the trigger. Look – the hard part for tracks, and we, we went through this the other day yes. waiting to try to get over, is that in other sports, they have like two or three exhibition games to get everything ready and everything set. And here we come, and it's full bore for three days, and then maybe again six months later for three days. And yeah. it's never the same. A lot of times not the same people doing the same jobs. And there's never the, – the, the view of – for tracks often probably is like, well, you know, a little hiccup there, a little hiccup there, you know, you're going to have that. 
And our view is we get the same hiccup every week. Yeah. yeah. And, and so we may not under, we, we probably need to be a little bit more understanding what the track's going through. And sometimes they probably need to be a little yeah. bit more understanding. We, what so we so your TVs don't work. Guess what doesn't work for us? Elevators. Four, four <laughs> elevators at Fontana to get up to us to the roof. Three of them were broke the first day. Yeah. It's like, did this date sneak up on y'all? Did you realize nice. a race was coming? You know, you can know what I mean. It is nice once you see the same people doing the same thing when you right. go back because they recognize you. And if you build a friendship with them, they recognize you. You, you obviously have your credential out and stuff. And it's like, oh, hey, man, how you been? How you been? Good to see you. You know, then you go to your right. – sometimes you get people that are like, you know, who are you? They told me yesterday with my hard card in my hand, I couldn't walk across track. I was like, yeah. okay, man, sorry, I'm still going yeah. cross track. I did the same thing. <laughs> I have my credential. Yeah. It's got my picture on it. It says NASCAR. It says, you know, Stuart Haas Racing, and you're telling me and I then, can't go right there to driver, do my job? A driver hops off a golf cart. Yeah. No credential in hand, walks across the racetrack. Like, oh, but I've gotten, I've seen somebody with a uh, their fire suit on not being able to go in the DO lot because he left his hard card. Casey Kane. <laughs> yes, actually a few others. Uh, Fontana, yeah. that happened again. So in the last few weeks, I saw a PR director get look ask for his credential going into the media center. Nice. <laughs> in the VR office. That's wow. too funny. Wow, <laughs> awesome, Casey. Let's kick this thing off. First topic, Keselowski's 446 laps led most for a race winner since Kyle Petty at Rockingham in 1992. Spot on, spot off. We'll do Bob. Well, I mean, great for Brad, but spot off because you want to have, I mean, what was it? Three or four lead changes the whole race. I mean, you want spot off just because you want to have different leaders in a race. You don't, you know, never want to see anybody do lead for 446 laps, especially after then the guy gets out of the car and says, yeah. Chase Elliott probably was the best car. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I, I'm spot on because it's a teammate, uh, but I wish I'm spot off because I wish it was me. <laughs> I wish it was our car. I mean, you can't help but be spot on for Keselowski's effort. I mean, to go lead 446 laps out of 500 is freaking crazy. But, I mean, Bob's not wrong either. If you want it to be entertaining and we're all talking about it being more entertaining, that's certainly not going to be one of the more entertaining Martinsville races. But you got to look at two different ways here. This this is vintage NASCAR here, though. This happens once in a while in the sport. And people can get mad at it and say, yeah, the race really sucked. But, you know, this is an accomplishment you know, to them guys and that group and to do something like this. Um, we've had caution-free. Remember when – didn't Dale Jarrett win a caution-free race at Michigan one time? Yeah, led the whole thing. Led the whole thing. I and was then, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bet. So, yeah, I think it was 2000. And this race was pretty good. I mean, there was there was some bumping and banging, um, you know, but, you know, this is a – this is a tip of the hat to these guys for accomplishing this. You need to, People need to recognize that how hard it is to do that in this sport and – Spot on for Kyle Petty, man. Like, I remember him running yeah. good at Dover, running good at, at, you know, Rockingham, running good at Richmond, you know, won that race at Richmond, running fifth. I think the guy had eight wins in his whole career. But for him to have dominated a race, I don't remember a dominant Kyle Petty. You know and what I mean? At Rockingham, where you, yeah. know, you, I mean, you have to be sliding off a of turn four every right the right way every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Dover. <laughs> yeah, big, big. And, and they always said if Kyle Petty's running good somewhere, you had to, that means you got to lift early. That's yeah. just the way he got in the corner. So, but man, spot off Kyle Petty. Spot on Kyle Petty. That's awesome. Yeah, spot on any team that can do this. Yeah, in, a, in, in our racing today because that's tough to do. 
Next one, tire wear data from teams said the left side tires would have lasted for 3,000 plus laps on Sunday. Is it data or data? data? I call it... Okay. Data or data? I call it data. Sorry. Oh, yeah? Bob, is it data? Yeah, you also data. I, 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 moved, I moved to Indiana when I was 10, so it's data. Data. <laughs> data. Data, data. Pockrass says data. <laughs> this is an unbelievable fact that, uh. that, that, that an engineer on a team can provide us with the knowledge that says the left side tires would have lasted for 3,000 plus <laughs> laps. I can't help but go spot on for Goodyear for being able to build what? a tire that can last for 3,000 laps. Are you laps. sick? What happened to your... F- are you sick? The the reality is <laughs> these guys are... You can't cha- spot off it now, too. They're, they're challenged. No. no, listen. They're challenged with making a tire that can sustain the highest corner speeds we've ever seen in the sport of NASCAR and, uh-huh. and being able to do so with a tire that won't fail because the last thing their brand wants is to put a tire out there that's going to blow and catch a lot of PR crap over. So you have to say spot on for them being able to do that without having these tire failures. It's not their fault that the, the cars are going through fast so fast through the center corner you know i i don't i don't doubt goodyear's ability to make a, a good hard tire like that they've proven many no, times they, they, they proved it yesterday they proved it many times they can make a hard enough tire I, i'm spot off because we should not be able to run tires like this um, we need tire wear we need teams we need to have to tell our drivers take care of your stuff It'll pay off in the end. That makes no. This will not separate the field at all on pit stops at all. Um, you don't have guys that are going to pit, maybe stay out. You know, do things like it just wasn't the right combo, in my opinion. We need tires that wear out. When tires wear out, guys fight the handling of the cars, and we have this the field flip flops, and you have passing, and you have guys coming and guys going. So, uh, you know, we need tire wear, not wear less. Yeah, I, I just have a real hard time. Knowing that a Bubba Pollard, you know, at his short track race on Saturday night is going to have to manage his tires and be disciplined and do the things that he's got to do to win, and we're letting Cup drivers just go out there and run wide Wear open. Them out. And yeah. and the, the same the same person that gave us this data said that the right side tires would have lasted for over three hundred laps. Interesting. What do you think, I, I, Bob? I'm going to go spot off. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, same reason. Like, I can't, if I said Keselowski leading 400-something laps is spot off, I got to say this is spot off. And, look, it was the same, it's the same tire that they, left size that they've had since, like, April 2013. So, obviously, NASCAR didn't set the rules in time for them to be able to go Martinsville to test. Is that fact he just pulled out? And I had to look it up. <laughs> I had to look it up. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, if you don't, Obviously, if you increase downforce and you don't test, what what in the world do you think is going to happen? Uh, they obviously don't want tires to blow, and and but do you think that Goodyear's saying, "Oh, we need a tire that needs the last three thousand laps"? No. So you know there needed to be there needed to be some sort of test there. The rules had to be should have been set early enough that they at least went there and, and tested and, and seen if they could have made a change. And look, the Goodyear people, I've been to Akron a couple of times. They, they're dedicated. Oh, yeah. They, they work for sure. Hard. Uh, but, you know, they. The only this, tire that wore out too fast was Indy that one time. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so when the media is saying the tire's too hard, yeah. when the drivers are saying yeah. the tire's too hard, when. Obviously, TJ and I are sitting here on the yeah. show saying... I mean, I had a crew chief say, well, what do you think is going to happen when they're racing on hockey pucks? Yeah. You know, the so, tires are too yeah. hard. But what, 
where is the communication line to fix that problem? Like, does NASCAR go to Goodyear? Does Goodyear I go think, to NASCAR? I think NASCAR has to go to Goodyear and say, we, you know, it needs to be, it needs to wear a little bit, and and hopefully they find a happy medium. Well, you know they you just know. listen to the show and make the call. So <laughs> Obviously. Well, usually that's what happens. We have an idea, and a month yeah. later there's a We need tires that change. wear out. But, I mean, just wear out. Like, they don't need... And the hard yeah. part is that teams are going to be developing this package. So, you know, you can't just go... I'm going to say, like, hey, let's go to Martinsville next month and test for October. Yeah. You're going to have to wait till like, July. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chevy scores just... Third top five of the season with Chase Elliott's P2 finish. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you can spot on that for them. Um, you know, I, I expected year two in that car to be a little bit better. And, um, you know, it still seems like they're struggling a little bit. So I'm going to spot off it. Kurt Busch has two top fives. Chase Elliott has a top five. Spot on because I'm going to forward. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I mean, yeah. I'm shocked by this, though. Yeah, yeah I'd, me too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just Mr. Spot off, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bob off, not Mr. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's good for Chase, and I thought that he had a good car uh, in, in qualifying, and um, we had a good car in qualifying too, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But uh, he may have had the best car of, of anybody there yeah. uh, yesterday. Um, and, you know, so, so it's good for, to see that team still run, still run well. But, you know, you got it's certainly a head scratcher for Hendrick and what, what's going on there. When you're and, talking to these guys in the garage, because TJ and I obviously aren't going up to, right. to these guys and asking them, what's wrong? What are you working on? What's, what's going on with Jimmy Johnson? Like, what, what well, is I the mean, vibe I think that, that you get? I think I, the vibe I got is that they went a little bit, for the intermediate tracks, you know, the, everybody's trying to figure out, do you build your cars more like super speedway cars or how do you increase, do you look to increase drag, do you look to increase downforce even though you had an increase in downforce or are you looking at uh, right rear, rear um, heights? And I think Hendrick went a little bit more towards uh, exploring try, how to gain more downforce, which allowed them to qualify well, but not race well. Okay. So I think that's where that is. I, I'm not sure where they were off. At uh, at Martinsville, um, but obviously they. It's crazy because Chase is so fast. I mean, obviously yeah, it's a mechanically right. you know gripped racetrack, and the other three were nowhere to be found. Yeah, amazing to see Jimmy Johnson struggle like that. Yeah, I mean we all know how good yeah, he is there. That's yeah, not good. Kyle Busch hasn't finished worse than P6 in any Cup, Xfinity, or truck race this season, which I, is incredible. Casey, I honestly think that Jason sleeps in Kyle Busch pajamas. <laughs> I actually texted him. I was like, should we cut this one? Because I feel every like. single You're week right. that it this is. guy brings up <laughs> Kyle Busch. Right. Think about well, that. Let me see your underwear, it's... Jason. So when they talk about it on the broadcast, every single second, it's just ingrained to my brain that Kyle Busch is the Let story. me see your underwear yeah. right now. Or the fact that you're a huge Kyle Busch fan. That's not true. Remember his background? At one time, I had a Martinsville background yeah. with Truex, Kyle, and another Toyota just because it was a nice picture. I think. Hey, let's see your tattoo on your lower back, Jason. <laughs> yeah, let's see your tramp stamp. All right, we yeah. got Tony Stewart. Is it an M? Yes. It <laughs> so next Is it one. An M&M? You got M&Ms? <laughs> next one, Tony Stewart's quote on what NASCAR has to do to increase popularity. Jason, you want to read that yep. one? So he said, they've got to get drivers that have personality. It's great having opportunities to drive cars, but shoot, they're not even old enough to go to a bar, and they're trying to make these 18-year-old kids heroes. I'm still a race fan, too, but it's hard for me to embrace somebody who just graduated high school, and they're driving a cup car. 
What have they done to really legitimately earn that opportunity? There's hundreds of thousands of race car drivers across the country that have clawed and scratched their way at Saturday night short tracks and worked on their cars their whole life to get where they are. Then you get these kids with rich fathers and deep pockets that put them in the race cars. All of a sudden, because they're 18 years old, they think they deserve to be in a cup car. I have a hard time with that. I think there are drivers out there with experience and personality that make race fans want to follow them. That's what's lacking now. Bob, spot on, spot off. Uh, uh, I'm going to say, I mean, he's he's right, spot on. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like a guy who couldn't use his 20 years of experience to his advantage late in his cup career. And I think that's where that frustration comes from. Uh, and and rightfully so. You know, if he's, he's he, everything that he l- knew about racing cars wasn't applicable, right, in his last few years, or at least didn't look like it. And, and that would frustrate anybody. And I also agree on the personality front, but how many people have a strong have a stronger personality at 18 than they do at 24 25 26 when they used to right. i mean you look at a guy like ryan priest he has kind of a personality already right you right. know he's right. as as a cup rookie but other you know when these guys come in at 18 or 19 they're just high school college players create a personality by being in the locker room hanging out in the locker room being on a team bus four hours five hours you know to go to a game they don't if you're a race car driver, you're 12, 13 years old, you're going to racetracks and everybody just wants to kick your ass because you're, you're, you're beating, you're being the older guys. Right. And you have, you don't have other 15, 16 year olds mechanics. They're all 30, 40 year olds working on your car. So how do you develop a personality if you're not even hanging around people your own age, yeah. especially if you're homeschooled? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that Tony said there. I, I, I tend to agree with them on, a, I think, I think there's personality there. Um, but it's there's just things are different now than um, back in the day when these guys weren't you know when they got to the racetrack they were they were enemies pretty much at the racetrack they were enemies um, you know during the week oh yeah you want to grab some lunch let's grab some lunch but when you get to the racetrack on Friday is I'm gonna beat you and I'm gonna do whatever it takes and I don't know if we have I don't know if we have that I'm not gonna elaborate too much on it. Um, I think you. I think you will. Uh, you know what I mean. What? Yeah, you're gonna. No, yeah, what? I'm teeing it up for you. Go ahead. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> Just everyone's. They're they're too close. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a motorhome lot, right? It's it's a traveling circus, Real. and and all their kids are buddies, and their buddies. I mean, I literally look at a picture in here of Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And I don't even know that they were buddies. And they were father and son. I yeah. mean, they're racing against each other. and, and Competitive, I mean, like hard. Yeah. And and I think the, you know, these guys, man, it, it kind of gets on my nerves sometimes when the drivers come over the radio and are screaming at us to get help and get somebody out of the way. Like, knock his ass out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> You've got the bumper. I don't have a magic button up here to fly an F-16 over the yeah. track and bomb his car. <laughs> About these comments, though. You know, I'm, I, I think Bob's right. These guys already have a personality. The question is, how much are they suppressed by their teams, by their sponsors? You know, we know that things happen in this sport, and, and teams and sponsors take a stand. The driver has to, to follow that stand. Where, where I struggle more is, for me to gravitate toward an athlete, they have to be a badass in some way, shape, or form. And badass may mean winning races like Kyle Larson or badass may mean you think he'll kick your ass like Jimmy Spencer but at some point there is a badass element that has to be in there and and I think the key is for these guys to expose themselves as a badass and let's face it some of them just aren't badasses at anything they got here 
and we don't even know how they got here, right? Yeah. Well, so, that that's part of the problem, right? They didn't yeah. race four or five years at a Hickory or at a or at a South Boston or or in Irwindale or Bakersfield, yeah. you or know, a local track for ten years, right. then move into the truck right. series. You know, it's yeah. where that people already know him and they've already developed that. That's why yeah. Priest, you know, he has a little bit of personality because he's been he's done all he's that. done all that. Christopher Bell actually has maybe a little bit more personality than some of the other young yeah. guys, although he's it's very you know hardcore racing. Kyle, like here's here's the example when you talk about sponsors, and I'm not going to try not to pick on Chase Elliott, but I remember them asking him something. Uh, but you know, like, where are you guys going on your vacation? And I think they said he said like me and Blaine are going to Ireland, right? Was, I think that was on the yeah, radio. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, things that Pearson didn't say. Right. But but if he right. had just said we're going to go to Ireland and we're gonna we're gonna suck all the Guinness that we can out of that out of that <laughs> country, that would have been like that would have been great, statement. right? Yeah. But yeah. he's sponsored by Mountain Dew, so right. and you know, so Mountain Dew probably wouldn't have liked it. Maybe Hendrick wouldn't have liked it. And and it may not even be Chase's personality to to put that out there. I don't yeah. I don't know yet. But like just something that simple. Well, just could people change can relate. It, right? People can relate to that. Well, I think right. there's right. there's yeah. I mean all of the brand messaging that sponsors send drivers and all of the the focus that NASCAR has right now with trying to reach that younger demographic. So I mean, in some of the points that I see Tony mentioning, like maybe they're focusing on it too much, and it's just kind of getting cluttered. To your point. I think it was last year. One of my favorite things was when they asked Blaney how he prepared for the 600. And he, he what was his answer? Like he said, drink less. Yeah. He said he drank less beer that week, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And that like I, that, I, th- I thought it was pretty good. Spot on for Tony Stewart being Tony Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, during the break, we've been sharing a best of DBC moment. This one is from episode 90, the Hickey Meter. Oh. Classic. Good timing. <laughs> Do you know anybody that's ever had more than one hickey at a time? Like, there's like there's, there's, a, there's, like, a, there's like a hickey, and then there's, like, trailer park hickeys if you got more than one. Like, a hickey's kind of like, oh, that guy, they obviously got, He's got one, you know. Yeah, but two? Have you ever known anybody with two visible hickeys? Visible, probably. I mean, I think i've seen it before i can't remember exactly when but that's like trailer park <clears throat> that's you know? that's a good night yeah <laughs> that's, that's a lot going on there three hickeys you probably didn't even remember it i mean <laughs> if you get more than one in a visible area we need a hickey meter where hickey's not very uh you know attractive in pageland dude everybody had hickeys <laughs> it was like hey man you let me see a hickey <laughs> ハッピーサイズですいけないでトラックワイワイバーブ<笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><笑><
Coco, good night, right? I'm about 30, 30 miles from 30 miles from home. And I'm like, all right, I gotta get to work on time, but I gotta get home and, and at least change my shirt to maybe cover that thing up. And so, you know, scrolling out of bed, you know, you're kind of bleary-eyed and you say goodbye, and you walk out door and you're driving and you're just kind of waking up and I'm 20 miles down the road and I look at a sign you know, a mile sign, and I can't read it. It's still blurry. I'm like, what the hell's wrong? I look up. I put on her glasses. (laughs) So I have to, and this is before, like, this is way before, like, cell phones or tech. I have to turn around, (laughs) drive off. Good thing I didn't show up at work with her glasses. (laughs) But I, so, yeah, so... I did get to work a little late that day. And That's didn't awesome. Cover, uh, yeah. our, uh, so, our, our hickey story has, has gone full circle now. We've closed it. So that, that, that hickey story started with a guy here um, that came in, and he had to go find some makeup giggles. upstairs. Yeah, Giggles had to go find some makeup. So that's how the uh, the hickey so, story got. I don't know how know. Bob got involved. But <laughs> Bob, <laughs> Bob started this story. It was a good night. <laughs> oh man, that was awesome, Jason. You did a great job. Go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week, some great conversation with guest Rusty Wallace. We'll talk about short track racing and throwing stuff. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. And we are back. We'll head in the fast lane. I'll give these guys three topics pertaining to racing and one that is off the wall. They'll have 30 seconds to respond to each. First question, and Bob, just for you, you have 30 seconds to answer this. I, don't know. Right. I know you watch the show, but just okay. in case. Yeah. Each of you will make a 30-second statement on your assessment of the 2019 season so far. Ready, go. TJ. Great. Well. Bing. Oh, I'm next. Um, B minus. Racing's decent, not great. Um, look, when I want to see, a, when I want to see is, I want to see that drivers' family jewels are as big as their tires, <laughs> and I haven't seen that yet. So that that's going to be my judge of yeah of uh, you know I want to see them be able to make moves where I think that they're badasses, like you said, yeah, and that their jewels are as big as their tires. He yeah. wants hickeys, too. No. <laughs> Jewels and hickeys. So, so TJ has said on here many, many times that top speed doesn't matter. And for me, I think everybody that said that has gotten this entirely wrong. And I, I tweeted this last night. When guys are going faster than they're capable of going and the cars are going faster than they're capable of going, they make errors and they wreck and they hit one another and they do crazy things that make it entertaining for the rest of us to watch. Speed the cars up on, on these straightaways. That's my assessment of 2019. We're, we're not going fast enough. The 2020 Cup schedule is rumored to come out tomorrow. What's one thing we can expect to see, Brett? Well, I think it's cool it's coming out this early, first of all, because a lot of times we're in August and not knowing what, what we know next year looks like. Uh, I, I don't know if it's this year, the 2020, or if it's 2021, but I think you see Daytona become the last race of the regular season at some point. Um, I think you see a few changes for next year. I think the following schedule is going to be even more. Um, you know, I think they're going to. I think they're going to flirt next year with a few things. What we're leading into. What are they going to flirt with? Hickeys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, um, maybe a night race at a track. 
that's consumed it now, maybe. Which track? I don't know. Um, oh, you guys have to tell us now. Just why don't you tell it. us? You know more than us. I don't. Bob, you have to be the one that well, write the news to us here. The, the hard part is, first off, my bosses at Fox probably know the schedule. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they Can won't you tell send me. a message, Bob? Yeah, you know, I don't, just don't think they're going to tell me. But, uh, look, if there's is, is Martins, is 2020 the year that Martinsville has night race? I think it's possible. The Ford deal sponsorship of Homestead ends this year. I don't think they're going to renew it for f- another five years. So I think that gives them some flexibility to maybe move Homestead. So do you think we race Homestead last race next year or no? I I'd be very surprised. Yeah. I mean, I think Phoenix. Yeah. Possibly. You think Phoenix? Yeah. Think that's. You think we see a double header on the schedule? Uh, there's been some talk of Pocono maybe running both Saturday and Sunday Cup races. I'm not sure that that happens next year or not. Yeah. Adam Stern just tweeted basically all that Phoenix as the last race a Pocono double header. And I think he tweeted that it's going to be. It's been all been discussed. Yeah. I want to ask know? you this. So, 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 I mean, I should ask you it earlier mm-hmm. in the show, right? But. There are so many things that you know that are that are going to happen, and you can't always say via your outlets that they're going to happen because it's not official or confirmed. How much stuff do you know that you that you can't break? <laughs> you, you know, yet when you talk about like media, like you guys supposedly have the same tech bay for each driver, right, or each car, right? At least it's mm-hmm. supposed to be, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be. We think it is. Yeah. Uh, we all have different ones, like right. Like my editor may require a certain amount of confirmation. Uh, Jan Fryer's editor might require a certain amount. Adam Stearns might require a certain amount. Nate Ryan's. So we all have different tech bays <laughs> okay. that we're competing against. Okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, so Lee Spencer can say whatever she wants. Well, I mean. I wouldn't say to some degree. I mean, depending on what her bosses say. Okay. Yeah, you I, don't I have mean, a tech bay, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it it sometimes depends on the situation and the importance. So do you ever get frustrated when you have something that you know is going to happen and you can't break it and it breaks, you know, a week later or something crazy and you're sitting there going, "Man, I had this and I just couldn't get it out." Um, yeah, you can be frustrated. I think what's frustrating is that if you know or if you have a pretty good idea that your standard your company's standard was higher than somebody else's company's standard. Right. But, I mean, you can't do anything about it either. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. you know, you're, I mean, you you typically, when those things happen, you've already talked to your heirs, say, look, this is why I know this is who I've got. Who more do I need to get Yeah. Uh, to confirm it? Because, look, I mean, there have been drivers who've done photo shoots for rides that don't end up happening. Right. <laughs> so, right. you yeah. know, so. Buckshot Jones on? sent back his UPS contract via FedEx. Guess what happened? <laughs> he lost that deal. <laughs> like there oh, is crazy stuff I mean, yeah. that happens. So, You're right. So it's um, and sucks. sometimes you hear things that are that were true like two weeks ago that aren't true now. Yeah. So that's right. um, that's the hardest part. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this schedule coming out is a good thing. I applaud NASCAR because for ten years we've all been saying let's change some things on this schedule. Let's not end at the same track every year. And I still stand by that. If we're going to end at Phoenix in 2020. In 2021, let's not end at Phoenix. Like let's let's keep the let's keep the target moving. I, I think it should move because with this format, where it's the one race deal, you think I, we see Nashville 2020 we, or you think it's 2021? Oh, it's got to be 2021 at the earliest. There's yeah. still a lot of work to do and an All Star weekend. And I'd, I'd rather just see a full. You'd rather race, see a full, but yeah. I mean, it's that place still needs a lot of work. Okay, I got <laughs> Dale Inman came to me and said that thing was old when we were still running it. Right, right. <laughs> Jason, another Kyle question is trends. Kyle Busch and Jimmy Johnson have combined to win the last four Texas spring races. What's more likely to happen on Sunday? One of them wins to make it five or a different driver wins? Bob. Uh, Different driver wins. I'd go with Martin Truex Jr. 
I think he's been good on the intermediate tracks. I think they're knocking on the door. Man, I, I, you know, for me, Kyle Busch and this rules package is his lights out. I think it, I think that this particular package of a car falls right into his driving style. I think he's going to be, you know, one of the guys to beat, if not the guy to beat. I mean, Penske and Kyle Busch right now are, are the, the, the teams and driver that are separating themselves from everybody else. I think Jason wakes up in his Kyle Busch pajamas on Sunday. <laughs> That's probably going to happen. Um, you know, it, Texas fits Kyle really well. I think, you know, I think Brad will be tough. I, I think Blaney is a little bit of a sleeper for this race now. Um, I, I like Blaney there as well. Off the wall question. A California man set up naked mannequins in his yard after a complaint from a nosy neighbor forced him to lower the height of his fence. Have you ever done something to annoy your neighbor? TJ. I've been fortunate to have good neighbors, so I've never, never purposely... Um, done anything other than maybe fly my drone over their pool or something? Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I've never done anything like that. That's a, that's a really good idea, though. Any pranks on your neighbors when you lived on Dale's property? Okay, that's a different story. <laughs> that, that's not a thirty-second time. There was a lot of pranking at one time. Oh, I don't think I've ever done anything to annoy neighbors. I try to. Yeah, be civil. Yeah. <laughs> Especially since you're not uh, home a lot. Yeah, it's... Um, Brett, on the other hand here. Uh, um, <laughs> He's grilling naked. Know, <laughs> uh, sometimes occasionally you might call somebody on their cell, like if in your office. Like, you know, you might try to send somebody over there to distract them if they're doing something that ticks you off or being loud or something <laughs> like that. Man, I don't... In college, we did some dumb stuff. Like, we had a bunch of cheerleaders that lived above us, and they were male cheerleaders. And if they were being loud, we would we would turn our stereo system up literally wide open to where it would vibrate the things in their apartment. And uh, we eventually got to be friends with them. So I was like, hey, I want to I want to crank the system up and come upstairs and see what it actually does up here. And I mean, we had a big Onkyo system, man, Sherwin Vega 15s, you know, we're rocking out. It literally would shake their whole place. You know, I was like, man, sorry for being so annoyed. Yeah, that color me bad gets you real going. But up if there. they'd walk heavy, I was like, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ask DBC. Uh, first question, N.A. Young wants to know, why do you think NASCAR is so unwilling to go to a low downforce and high horsepower package? Mm, Bob, how about you take this one? Uh, I think NASCAR keeps telling us that they want fi- their goal is this 550 horsepower in hopes of attracting new manufacturers. And so I, yeah. think, that's, that, I think that's the driving force because they feel like they need more manufacturers, and, and they do. Fair. Um, and I think that's... Have they, given, have, they, have they given any indication as to what that means financially for a new manufacturer or not really? I mean, because obviously what, when they say they want to attract a new manufacturer, I'm guessing what would keep out a manufacturer is cost. Right. So by I doing 550, they're think, saying it's lower cost. What does right, that mean? Right. I think they believe that the R&D on a 550 would be less than an R&D on a 750 because your parts and pieces would um, – Work, make, would work yeah, would, durable. Would be more durable, yeah. and maybe it's also potentially to have you know even more engines engines used more multiple times. Yeah, how do we get the cars off the ground? Just pick them up. How do we get rid of some downforce? You just cut, cut. Yeah, I mean, cut the side skirts and the splitter off, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's uh, it. Can't be that simple, can it? I don't think it's that simple. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it I sounds simple. It does sound simple, but. These teams, man, just 
just like you know, it, that it's almost like we're an indie car. They're going to find a way. Though. I mean, we're we're slammed to the ground. There's no there's no yeah. air getting under our car. Like the downforce numbers are crazy. That's. I wish we could just get the front end up, like where you you roll through the heights or whatever. And once your once your valence wears off a little bit, there's a gap, you know. And I don't know. NASCAR Josh submitted any indication on what changes are expected with the Gen Seven car. Bob probably knows more than anybody on yeah. this, right? I don't know I, anything I mean, about I think it. they're still talking a lot about it, but I would think you're going to go to composite bodies. I think that's the... Yeah. I think that'll definitely be a part of it, and I believe they... Larson will like that. They will look a little bit... <laughs> hope is that they look a little bit more like the passenger cars. Yeah. Those are the bodies that, that now... I literally... A few weeks ago, I watched an Xfinity car hit the wall, and I watched the right front fender in slow motion pop back out. Which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I mean, if you obviously if you hit it hard enough, it's going to break some stuff. But I mean, I thought it was pretty neat that it could do that. Yeah. Uh, once again, I mean, I think it's about lowering cost. I mean, when you look at the heyday, uh, I mean, Adele Jr. was attracting thirty million dollars a year in sponsorship, and those numbers just aren't there. So the owners are still spending like it's there, and and so I think it's an adjustment. And, and uh, Bob just talked about the engine, you know, being less expensive. This this could potentially make the car less expensive. So I think it's a cost thing. New segment for the week, Ask Bob. We yeah. will do a long answer and a one-word answer segment. The long answer segment starts with Nate Ryan's question. Uh, do you miss writing as much? Well, you know, I'm only writing pretty much once a week for USA Today. So, um, yeah, I, I miss it a little bit, but uh, I keep myself busy. I find things – Fox keeps me busy. Uh, and, uh, and trying to write the little scripts for that one minute is a lot – Harder than maybe I thought it was. Bob so, stays yes. busy, guys. Yeah, I, yeah. Are those I, are your glasses? Yes, those are my glasses. That, you know, I mean, I, I, I miss it a little bit at times when you know, like I would say, like after qualifying at Fontana, where there was, you know, written a really good, interesting story, and there really wasn't an outlook. But beyond that, not really. <laughs> not really. No, I mean, I, I'm. I, a, I, yeah. Look, I like to give people information, yeah. and and I, I can reach a lot of people through my Twitter feed and through um, through Fox. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned this already before, but we can answer it for this person again. C. Vasciento maybe uh, asks: When your contract ended with ESPN, did you consider going the Gluck route and being his own boss, or was the Fox deal lined up pretty quickly? Uh, Fox deal wasn't lined up quickly, but I didn't consider going my own route very much uh first of all i think what jeff gluck does is gonna be very unique and we're gonna have a whole lot more respect for him in 10 years when so many other people try it and don't do it the the advice i gave to gluck when he asked me whether he should do it is i asked him if he could live with his mother-in-law and he said well, what's that mean i said well if you fail if you go broke yeah that's that would be the worst yeah. option right living yeah. with your mother you know yeah. if yeah. you can do that not saying anything about his mother-in-law <laughs> he seems yeah. to be doing well guys <laughs> just saying okay. that hey that if if you know, of Got all the pictures? options, right? <laughs> you know, so. Um, Jeff will say that's I'm just glad Casey didn't say gluke. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, and, and plus, look, I'm, I'm, I'm 50. I don't, I didn't, it's not really something I was looking to do. And I also like having bosses. Yeah. I like having a little bit of direction. No, don't like the mother-in-law? Well, <laughs> <laughs> boss, mother-in-law, boss, mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, Lewis Wagner asks, what is the best and worst part about being a reporter? Uh, I think they're the same, is that you can 
impact a lot of people's lives. Uh, you know, you you hope that people read it and and either decide, hey, I really like the sport, I'm going to go watch it, or maybe it's something that you write something that makes them angry about the sport, and they go do something else. Their free time and their and their money is discretionary money, and discretionary income, and discretionary time is important to people. So, I think that is. Um, it's a great thing, but there's also a huge responsibility with that, as well as the people that you write about. You know, you get to tell great stories about them, but you also sometimes tell stories that they don't want people to know. Yeah. And uh, that, that'd be the hard part for me and, doing you know, your job because you're like, man, I'm getting ready to hit send on something that's going to make <laughs> this mean, guy look, mad. And, and, you, and, the, and the thing is that you've probably contacted that guy, too, or at least contacted somebody who knows that guy or somebody who's has in touch and, you know, you know, people know I go to the courthouse and take a look at that for things because that's where you find out some information. And sometimes you find out stuff and you're like, ooh. Yeah. But, you know, you just try to be fair and, you know, and, and, and roll with it. It's, you, this, you know, fans, in my view, you know, need to understand what's going on in the sport. And sometimes that, um, you know, it's when you write something that you know is going to impact somebody. It's, um, it's not the – it's not always fun. Yeah. This one is from Skyscraper Tree One. Uh, where do you see the NASCAR media landscape five years from now? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, I can't even tell you where the car industry is going to be five years from now. So I can't even tell you where NASCAR is going to be five years from now. Uh, I can't tell you where media is going to be five years from now. But I think it continue. Uh, right now, advertisers love video. And I think as much video content uh, that can be done uh, and, and the people who can create original video content, much like, you know, folks here yeah. are going to, are going to be the ones who, uh, who dominate. I think Jason's going to be Kyle Busch's pool boy oh in five years. Oh, my God. Fair. <laughs> yep. Five years. Maybe not even. Five minutes. Next job, post-graduation. I mean, he's going he's to be Brexton Bush's pool boy in 25 years. <laughs> Jason, oh, Jason, can we record, oh, oh, Jason, can we record 1130? No, I got to put Brexton down. <laughs> I'm babysitting. Oh, this is the best show ever. Uh, he's going to cut all this out. No, he better not. This is the best. Uh, Martinsville Speed. Speedway's question, your patience in answering fan questions is incredible. What is the wildest question you've ever gotten? Oh. <laughs> What's the wildest question I've ever gotten? Are those your glasses? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't... I don't... I can't think of it. I don't, I don't know what the wildest... I will say the one question... I'll pivot this. Uh, the one question I don't understand is like at 8 in the morning when somebody asks, what lap is the competition caution? <laughs> like, like, you know, you got up and before you had breakfast, before you had your cornflakes, or <laughs> before you put your glasses on and drove home, yeah. you want to know yeah. <laughs> You want to know what the competition <laughs> caution was. Why is it so important? Get a lot. Like, like, what? Uh, are you, your are race you, strategy is mean, not going to change. I mean, are you texting <laughs> Chad Canals yeah. with ideas? Yeah. Um, do you not watch yeah. before the competition uh, caution? Do you set your snacks or your, yeah. your bowel movements by time yes. on the competition <laughs> caution? Right, right. Like, I understand if it's like an hour before the race and I haven't told you, yeah, but like yeah. six or seven hours before a race, I don't, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't, I, I just don't yeah. get it, man. And it's, it's fine. Like I, I I'll yeah. answer the question, but I just, it, now everyone's going to submit. That's, hey, what's, that's what the one that, the that, that's kind caution. of the most bizarre to me for yeah, some reason. I, awesome. I think that's maybe people just hate competition cautions in general and yeah. just kind of want to know to be angry the rest of the day morning. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> These are one-word answer questions. Okay. Uh, loaf, 
Skier asks, uh, does the Dirty Mo Media Studio have lights? Yes, many of them. <laughs> H2O Skier Seek. Wow, these are some interesting <laughs> tweets. Uh, if NASCAR never existed, what sport would you cover? Pro basketball. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Dev Run DMC submitted, what social media platform does do you find most effective for your profession? Twitter. Gene Cause asks, will you write a book one day with the insider stories or backgrounds in the sport that you were not able to reveal at the time? Doubtful. <laughs> uh, Mickey Deal 49 asks, what is the best and worst media center in the circuit? Oh, I could probably help wow. you out with those. I mean... Oh, this is the Gosh, chance to get a good one. Is, yeah, I know um, renovate it if you say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, TJ, yeah. TJ yeah. and I have learned this. I mean, I'm like, trying to think of what you should say yeah. so that we can. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, just pick the worst you know, one. I mean, we got a whole new elevator in Kentucky, Bob. <laughs> a whole new. I mean, a yeah. whole new elevator. The, and it works. The best. I would go with Daytona because it's big and it's very pro the proximity to the garage. Like Indy is like night like it's so spacious but you know it's a long walk to the garage but it's so much better than the old one they used to have hmm. uh the worst media center on the circuit uh used to be phoenix oh right? the phoenix was the worst or yeah, no. yeah it's probably watkins Glen, which was like kind yeah. of a press box with all oh, the, these yeah. old chairs Damn, um track mid ohio but isn't great either that would probably like if you're gonna include we don't Xfinity, rate well mid ohio does. probably would be so Mid Ohio's getting an upgrade. Congratulations, yeah, I say yeah. Mid Ohio, Ohio media members. But I haven't been there in four or five years, so I don't. I'm sure. It's I have to give. Know. I think we should give some credit to those who have the best food. Like Bristol always had cupcakes. Always has cupcakes. We wouldn't know anything about mm. that, Casey. So well, you guys got to make. Do. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. All right, Casey, two more. Oh. We can't even get water on the roof. You guys are eating cupcakes. <laughs> For no, Love kid. Cats asks, how many miles do you log in a normal race weekend walking around? Uh, it's probably around twenty. Although last week was probably was probably a little less. Yeah, sure. But uh, hold <laughs> on. Walk I mean, you've got, yeah. But uh, yesterday was four point seven, um, and Saturday. That's a small track at four point seven. Yeah, yeah it's Saturday ball. was six point six. Wow. Wow. So I walked around the track a lot. Dang. Dude, I don't walk that much a week. Yeah. Did you pass the double zero? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, last that question. That's a good one. <laughs> John... Apparently, my sneakers won't last as long as a Goodyear tire. Touche. <laughs> yeah. uh, Josh C. Goose uh, asks domestic or d imported beer? Ooh. Um, fat tire. What's that? Is that that's, that's made in Colorado, isn't it? Or is that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's domestic. I think that's domestic. Yeah. That's right. I think it's domestic yeah, traffic. Domestic. There you go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Done. Uh, DBC picks for Texas. Go ahead, loser. Oh, Ooh. man, I lost yesterday because of my two speeding penalties. Uh, we still drove back seventh, though. We're going to Texas. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to follow Bob's lead. He's smarter than I am, uh, and I'm going <laughs> to pick know. Martin Truex Jr. solely off of the, the fact that he thinks Martin Truex Jr. is going to be good. So blame Bob if you lose. No, I'm not blaming Bob. I'm actually cheating. So if he's going to go ahead and pick Martin, I still have Kyle left, so I'll go ahead and pick Kyle. We're doing it head-to-head -head here on DBC Picks. Yeah. Fantasy tips. Uh, best driver at this track. Who would you say? Ah, man. It, it, this weekend it would be hard for me to go against 
Um, the Penske cars again, they're gonna be. We're, I feel like we're gonna have good speed there. Kyle's super good there. Yeah. Uh, Carl Edwards is gonna be good. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Casey um, Kane, one of Casey Kane's better tracks. Yeah. yeah. Mark, I think Mark, Mark Martin, he's Greg good Biffle. around there. Yeah. Biffle was good there. Gordon. Yeah. What yeah. about surprise yeah, driver? Uh, surprise driver. TJ was on with Chris yeah. Buescher last week. Where'd, where'd Chris finish? He didn't finish very good, but he raced really well. So like. Maybe that's I don't know if he ran oh, very good. Oh, Jason, that's like, yeah. I just thought, all right. Good job. Ryan Priest was my surprise, right? Was a surprise this week. You are lying. You said that Ryan no, Priest was going to have a big wake up call and he was going to get his ass kicked. The I'm, guy finished like 16th. He did. I think that's good, but it's still a wake up call. He also made a bet with his with one of his buddies he was going to finish top 10 and he lost. He did. He lost, but he bet so, on himself. Yeah. I mean, if you bet on yourself, you should be able to bet. 16th is a is a solid finish for a rookie there. 100%. But, I mean, we didn't tear any cards up yesterday. Usually by True. attrition, you know, you can end up with a top 20 at Martinsville just by finishing, and that wasn't the case yesterday. Yeah. A lot of cars running at the end every week. Uh, fantasy tips, a driver that we wouldn't necessarily expect to do well. I mean, uh, honestly, maybe, uh, maybe it's Jimmy Johnson. You wouldn't think you would say that. but Right now. But, uh, I mean, let's face it, man. This guy has, has struggled for the past year and a half. And he's not the Jimmy Johnson of old. He's not driving like a seven-time champion. So maybe your uh, your your fantasy tip of a non-performer, non-top performer is is forty-eight car. Can you go with the three? Yeah, I mean the three was sick and had still had a really good run at Fontana. Yes, I think um, my I would I wouldn't be afraid of Hemrick, and I wouldn't be afraid of the ninety-five. Yeah, the eight and ninety-five. If they get track position. If the eight has a good qualifying run and keeps track position all day, he should finish good. And, and I think the ninety in qualifying. I think the ninety-five, and this is going to be a harder place to pass too. What are we going to do in qualifying, TJ? That rule is apparently coming. We're going to go as fast as we can and see if you get the pole. <laughs> yeah, but we're hearing some things. Some things are going to change. With they're, they're tweaking it, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to have. I guess maybe when you leave your stall, you keep rolling. Um, no, that way we don't have the big jam at the end of pit road. Monitor the pit road speed still. The first guy off pit road is still at a disadvantage, and everybody mm-hmm. behind him, their run is going to be aided. That's still going to happen no matter what rule they come out with because we know they're standing firm on the multi car qualifying. I'm more wondering what are they doing to the track? Did they drag it? I don't know. I don't think they're doing anything. They didn't, or yeah. Okay, that's going to be good. Texas says you're in the corner a lot at Texas. The corners are a lot bigger uh, than, than some of the mile-and-a-half tracks. So it's going to be interesting to see what that means for this package because it's going to race differently than Vegas did. The corners are a lot more sweeping. You are just you spend more time in the corner there than most mile-and-a-halves. Yep. Producer Jason's movie review. I watched Dirty Dancing this weekend, the 1987 summer blockbuster romantic drama where Frances, nicknamed Baby, vacations at a mountain resort with her family her sweet innocent personality is challenged as she develops feelings for the camp dance instructor johnny she fills in as johnny's dance partner where he teaches her the moves and they grow closer and fall in love despite her father's opposition to the relationship baby and johnny persevere and perform the final dance of the summer together to brett's favorite song the time of my life it was a great film. I really enjoyed it. My favorite scene was when Baby finds the dance club for workers that offered a much different experience <laughs> than the resort guest gods in the dance. How did your uh, accomplished blow-up doll yeah. like it? <laughs> That's, that, uh, did you watch it with Kyle? <laughs> he was a little busy this weekend. He was in Martinsville. No. <laughs> Didn't get in the pool and try the little move there. Uh, this was actually my favorite one of the ones I've had to watch Damn so right, because I picked it. This is <laughs> actually, mine. Actually, I said it, too. I said it first. There's Whatever. nothing wrong. All so right, he's, he's watched... Uh, what did he watch? 
Porkies. Okay. <laughs> well, what, what, are, what are the requirements? Does it have to be an 80s movie? or does uh, it no, have, to be, have you guys done any Kevin Smith movies? No. Ooh, I mean, one. like, you know, Clerks or Chasing Amy or Ooh, Dogma. Clerks. Clerks. Yeah. Done. You think Clerks? All right. Next We're going week, to Texas. Clerks. We're going yeah, to Texas. What about, what we need to watch Urban oh, Cowboy. Yeah. Oh, Texas. Urban Cowboy. Can we, we do Clerks after? Clerks the next week. All right. Deal. Deal. Urban Cowboy has got to be watched. Yeah. You know, but he did. Sissy. Nobody puts baby in a car. We'll put Jason in a booth. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for joining us. Uh, You are welcome anytime since you always stick up for me and... Did you have the time of your life? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, tweet Bob, tell him you enjoyed him being on here. Maybe he'll come again. Yeah. What, yeah. Do you do you sing any songs to yourself when you're driving? Um, is this one of them? No, no. It'd be. Uh, nah, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm like old school. Like I'm like Violent Femmes, Depeche Mode kind of music. I c- yeah, <laughs> yeah, like Lester in the Sun and all that kind of stuff. Oh, this is... yeah. all right. All right. Well, well, they'll all, you know. Well, thanks for having. Thanks yeah, for, we appreciate you know, it. Having thanks us. for having us. Yeah. Well, thanks for having <laughs> us. Thanks for letting me yeah. join you and tell stories that I probably shouldn't have told. Yeah, but that was the point. My whole goal was forever. just to be like TJ and not get fired. That, that the whole goal. Yeah, yeah right? don't, you know, don't say anything that'll get you fired. Don't th- yeah. yeah, I think I accomplished that. Right, you did absolutely. Okay, you're, you're safe. Okay. I hope people yeah. ask you this weekend if those are your glasses. That's, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bob, are those your glasses? Bob, those are your glasses. <laughs> if I see you doing an interview or walk, I'm gonna take a picture of you and tweet it. Bob, are those your glasses? <laughs> I might even might even Photoshop your neck a little bit. <laughs> well, thanks for coming oh, on, man. Yeah, it's we been appreciate fun. it. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. We're out. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.